I'm Rob Braun, host of the How You Make It podcast. It's where business owners and operators share their stories. We hear about their struggles, their triumphs, and the lessons they learned along the way. How You Make It, presented by Heritage Bank. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. One thing every business owner needs is a good accountant. Someone has to keep track of the money while the owners keep track of the operation. Stephen Mann is a CPA with Blue & Company. He's been in the business 28 years and works with business owners from startups to those earning $100 million in revenue. I'm Rob Braun, and this is Stephen Mann's take on How You Make It, presented by Heritage Bank, FDIC. There was this thing that I used a lot, and I really liked it, but I think it might be gone. It's called the bonus depreciation. In other words, we'd buy a machine or a truck or something, some asset, and you could write it all off in the first year. Does that still exist? So, so yes and no. So um, 100% bonus depreciation is something that's been around for a while now, um, and, but it's, look, it's set to be phased out. And so here in uh, 2023, it's only going to be, uh, you're only allowed to expense 80% through bonus depreciation in the first year. So, and then 2024, 60, 40, so on each year after that. Yeah. So it's eventually going to go completely away. Um, so, but everyone's kind of conditioned to being able to take a hundred percent regardless of how much yeah. they've done. And it's been like, it's been the, it's been like the staple easy button for tax planning yes. um, that everybody understood. Um, and so that's going to be a, a new change that, that we're going to be facing this upcoming tax season. The Section 179 will allow me to still do it? or how, I'm, I'm a little confused. Yeah, so Section 179 is what uh, certainly the most, uh, the most well-known provision because it's been around a long time. It was a lo- around before bonus depreciation. Um, but bonus depreciation was so favorable that it got used in lieu of 179 uh-huh. for the last five, six, seven years. Yeah. So, so 179 hasn't been something that's been talked about, but it still exists. And so that's going to be the, the new tool to be able to use to still get that 100% bonus, 100% deduction for purchases that you make for tangible personal property here for the 2023 tax year um, as the bonus gets phased out. Well, that's encouraging. Good. Yeah. When are they going to take that away from us? <laughs> Hopefully never. <laughs> Hopefully never. In the early stages of my development as a business person, um, you mentioned that you need uh, an attorney as well as a CPA, and you need an insurance guy. Do you guys work together? In, in other words, if I come to you, do you have someone you would recommend? So I want to help people learn where to go to get the leads they need on finding the people they have to have. So so just like just like I mentioned that there are a lot of good CPAs here in town yeah. that can serve your needs, I think the most important thing is that you find one that you can communicate well with. Yeah. So I know a lot of attorneys, a lot of insurance agents, a lot of bankers here in town. What I always try to do is when I'm talking to somebody and they're asking me for a referral, they're saying, yeah. you know, I don't have a good attorney to work with. Who would you suggest? I'm going to make my decision on who I'm going to refer them to based upon their personality. Oh, personality no of the client and the yeah. personality of the attorney. Um, I know a lot of people that can do the job, but I know you know certain people are gonna gonna communicate well with other type of people, and yeah. um, so that's what I try to do to match up. So a lot of a lot of people in my position will say, "I'll give you three names." I never do that. Yeah, um, I tell you, this is who I think you should call, and here's why. Um, a lot of CPAs will not. Um, my kids included, outside the family, uh, they won't recommend. Uh, 
decisions that are legal. They stay way clear of telling you what to do when it really is a legal decision. But they will say you need to talk to your attorney about this and this and this and this. Yeah. Is that's do you feel the same way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're we're not we shouldn't be practicing law. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're not lawyers. We're not looking to replace them by any means when we give advice. Um but we can share our experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, um I've done this uh this upcoming tax season will be my thirtieth tax season that I've done. And so, you know, if I've worked with let's say a hundred clients, a hundred clients over thirty years. That's a lot of years of experience. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why I've got the gray hair I've got. But uh, <laughs> so I'm happy to share the experiences that I have and um, and share. Here's what I've seen work well, um, especially when, hey, this is a situation that was a success for a client. Um, here's how it happened. This is where I believe your fact pattern is aligned with that. Um, here's who I worked with um, to accomplish that end goal. Um, and here's who I think, you know, would be a good fit for for your personality and, and the type of business that you're in. What makes a good uh, accountant? Somebody that is a good listener. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, uh, uh, I think when I'm asking questions of a client, I'm only asking questions to get them to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just in, asking open-ended questions so I can get them to talk, so I can learn the words they use, the things that they're worried about, things that that's keeping them up at night. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to learn constantly from them. Um how their business operates, how it makes money. And, and I think, I think that is really the key because then you're able to give advice that's personal, that's tailored to that client situation. Um, no two people are the same. Yeah. You know, you and I are not the same. Right. Nope. No, no two businesses are the same, you know? Um, and so I think that's, that's the thing that is the most important. So if you see something uh, untoward going on in somebody's business, are you required to report it, or do you just tell them, look, if you're not going to do this the right way, I don't want to be your your uh, accountant? Um, certainly, I'm not going to lose sleep over your business if you're doing something wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up to you. Um, life's too short for me to lose sleep over, over something that, that I think somebody's doing wrong. Yeah. And, and I think, for the most part, people are good people. They... I give them the benefit of the doubt. They yeah. maybe they just don't know. Right. So, which is likely. Yeah, yeah, which is likely. So so I think you know, my first step is always to bring it up and say, Hey, here's what I see. Tell me about that, you know, and start to open in questions. And um and I've had a situation where somebody goes, Well, why are you asking that? And I'm like, Well, this doesn't make any sense, you know, and, <laughs> and, and and I think you're taking risk you shouldn't be taking. And um, you know, some of those conversations that I've had with clients, those are now some of my very best clients. Oh, no kidding. For sure. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because they realize this guy's looking out for me. <laughs> you know, um, I, I haven't met anybody yet that didn't want to do the right thing, um, but they just don't know. And when well, people don't know, they guess. And when they guess, they think the worst, yeah. me included. Yeah. So, you know, so I try to ask more questions when that situation arises. And you can really get in trouble fast by not playing by the rules. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's hard uh, to make it up at the end of the year. Everybody Absolutely. thinks they're going to be fine, but sometimes at the end of the year, that's your worst cash flow situation, and you're in trouble. Um, so I would encourage everybody to play by the rules. Yeah, and um, and you me- you mentioned what the real issue is there. Cash, It's cash flow. Yeah. Well, I tell everybody that tax planning for business owners is really cash flow planning. Yeah. You know, so, the, so one of the things that we try to do is we help people have good, adequate record keeping so that we can have some type of projection on where we think you're going to end up. Because it's different. Are you going to make a hundred thousand, or are you going to make a million? Right. Right. And um, and usually, 
after the fact, there's not a lot we can do, right? But ahead of time, maybe there is. And, um, and even if there isn't, wouldn't you rather know in September yeah. <laughs> that next April you're going to owe, you know, 50000 as opposed to find out in April 14th that you owe 50000 you know? So that's where the cash flow planning comes in. And, um, and business owners usually they just don't have that, that awareness or knowledge. And so that's where we'd really try to help them is, uh, is as much cash flow planning as tax planning. Yeah, because the business guy's got the idea he's focused focusing on and following the idea and not really focused on the fact that you're going to have to pay estimated tax, which takes right out of your cash flow. And you can really be in trouble in that way too. And then if you don't pay your estimated, then you get fined on the other end if they catch you, (laughs) but they will catch you at some point. Yeah. Um, It's just an interesting um, exercise because it is really important to do the right things right all the time. And, and one of the things I've had a lot of conversations with is on those estimated tax payments, you yeah. know, if, especially for a new business owner, that's something that they're not used to. And right. so understanding, okay, well, how much do I have to pay? What happens if I don't pay the right amount, right? Um, and so we, we kind of help them understand that, okay, if you're a pass-through entity, you know, the estimated tax penalty is going to be based upon your prior year income tax. So if you've paid in as much as what your prior year tax was, you're likely not going to have any penalty yeah. unless your income's really high. But um, but you're not going to have any penalty. If you were to have a penalty, it says penalty on the tax form. It's really just an interest charge. Ah. So uh, one of the things that I've done for, for, for clients is to help them understand that, to say, okay, that estimated tax penalty, we should do everything we can to try to minimize it or avoid it. Everyone yeah. agreed. But do understand that if you do pay it, it's kind of the same as paying interest at the bank. Yeah. You know, IRS so it's not is, punitive in, in other words. It's really not punitive. If you look at it as like a financing, if you say, okay, you know, I could have paid the tax had I known, yeah. but to pay it, I would have had to, you know, borrow money on my line of credit. Right. And so, you know, is my line of credit interest rate um, 5% and this IRS rate 6%? Okay. It says penalty and that feels bad, but okay, it's really 1%. You know? Yeah. Um, so really it's just educating them about, about how that calculation works and then, and then finding out what they're comfortable with. I have some clients that say, Stephen, you know, I know next year I'm going to make more money than this year, but I want to conserve my cash because I'm using my cash for my business. It's very important. So what's the minimum I have to pay to make sure that I don't pay any estimated tax payment? Yeah. And I'm okay if that means I have to write a check April 15th. Yeah. You know, and I've other people said, Stephen, those checks that I have to write, I hate writing them April 15th. I'd rather pay it in quarterly so I know ahead of time. And so that's a good example of, there's not one right answer. You know, you got to know the client to know what's the right answer. And it takes conversations to know that. But um, what they really want is peace of mind. And I think through that education process and giving them giving them some examples, uh, hopefully we can get them there. So how many times have you run into a guy who wants to take every net profit he's got and doesn't realize that there are big bags of money that have to go to other people? I mean, I would imagine that's one of your biggest headaches. Sometimes it can be, you know, um, I'll call it proper capitalization for businesses. Um, sometimes the, the bankers will help me in that regard. The yeah. bonding agents will help me in that regard with the construction company to say, hey, you've got to leave back some earnings inside the company to be able to sustain itself. Yeah. Um, and it's a good example of, of they say, well, um, if I write this check, will I get a deduction? The answer is yes. So if I write this check, will I owe less tax? Yes. Then I must should do it. Right. 
I mean, this is how these conversations go. Yeah. And then it's, okay, but now I don't have any money for payroll or rent. Or, <laughs> right. you, know, you know, the the reality of the situation sets in that, that uh, not all tax planning, you know, is, is good for your business. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's a there's an education process there that goes through with helping them understand, um, you know, sometimes pay as you go, you know, pay a little more tax now to conserve my cash uh, is a good idea. Um, we run into that a lot of times um, with with companies that are uh, highly asset intensive. Yeah. You know, um, they learn right off the bat. Hey, if I made a hundred thousand, if I buy a hundred thousand dollar bulldozer, I owe no tax. That feels really good, right? Yeah. Um, well, when they have to, the loan payment comes due on the bulldozer, you know, and they say, "Well, I don't have any money." You know, well, why don't you have any money? Well, because you know, I spent it for something else. You know, and so, um, so understanding that every dollar you spend, you really save thirty cents in tax. You didn't save a dollar. So, right. Um, a lot of people don't understand that. Farmers don't understand that at all. No. I'm learning that from my friends who are farmers. Uh, they think that if they buy that new tractor and it reduces their taxes, that they're okay. They're good. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Until the, until until the bill the, comes. Uh, yeah. Until the John Deere finance bill comes through. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the the deal is, um, Stephen, get a good accountant. For sure. Get a good accountant. Somebody that you can communicate with. Somebody that you're comfortable asking questions of. You're not afraid to ask questions of. Um, and, th- and then trust them. Yeah. That's hard to do, but you're right. You have to trust that that miserable decision you have to make is worth making, and they're telling you good advice. Yeah, and and, um, and I'll also tell people if if it doesn't, if you don't understand it, then it's not a good decision. You know, um, I think it's very important that we we give advice that's appropriate for the client. You know, and and I say, if, if it doesn't feel good to you, you know, if it doesn't feel good to your gut, you know, what we're talking about, what we're planning on doing, then don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because really confidence and comfort and knowing that you're doing the right thing is is the most important part. And if you have any uneasiness about it, I say you shouldn't do it. Now, hopefully we can have some more conversations about it and we can get you there. Yeah. But, but I think that's important. Yeah, because you have to sleep at night, Stephen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's hard to sleep when you're not making good decisions. And you've only got so many hours in the day, and I really need you using it, growing your business to be successful yeah. is what I need. I don't need you spending all that time worrying about should I or shouldn't I have um, bought that truck or put in that retirement plan or, or the other things. Um, we, need to, we need to think about those things, come to a conclusion, act on them, move on. So you're a small business owner, and I think people forget about that. Accountants often work for themselves. Yeah. Right? So – you face the same issues that we do. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I have to do record keeping. I have to pay taxes. Um, and payroll. I, and I've got to pay payroll. Um, and I've got to be able to manage a business, manage people. And I've got to be able to grow revenue to be able to sustain that. Yeah. So I face I face all those same tasks that uh, that business owners do. And in many ways, you know, that's why we have a, that's why we can communicate well is because we're both entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So when you were starting this thought that, Hey, I'd like to own the business, work for myself, be a CPA, hang my own shingle. Um, who helped you? You know, I had, I was, uh, I was blessed uh, all along the way. Um, believe it or not, I grew up on a farm and wanted to be a veterinarian. So, uh, so the very long first, way from that. It's a long way from that. So, the very first step in my uh, my success story. Well, how, you know, God's blessed me by putting the right people in the right place. But I had an accounting professor at Transylvania University. 
who uh, at the end of uh, the very first semester that I took accounting um, said, hey, you need to come to my class, you know, after it's over and in my office and talk to me. I thought I was in trouble, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and she told me, you're one of the best accounting students I've ever seen. You need to change your major. Wow. And, uh, you know, at the time I was just like, uh, so I'm not in trouble. I'm still going to get an A kind of thing. And she laughed. But but it was it was that turning me around that said, hey, there's something else out there that that you maybe ought to consider. And um, it's obviously was the right choice for me. Um, but then after that, you know, I've had I've had excellent mentors and leaders all on the way. Uh, I can tell you, Rob, I haven't had one bad boss. And having other people to have your back and, and to help you along the way has been huge. Um, I had great, great mentors and leaders that trained me up in the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. And then really to get control of your career, if you're going to be a business owner, you have to be able to generate revenue, right? And right. so in my business, it's getting new clients, right? And so I didn't know how to do that. And uh, and I was at a place that, that didn't do that a lot, so I didn't have anybody to watch. And so I knew I needed help. I needed help to do that. And so I was very intentional about seeking out the help. And there was a few people on my way that said, Stephen, we can help you do it. And uh, today, you know, I can write down the those five people that have caused me to be wildly successful when it comes to business development, um, to be able to help clients. Um, they've helped me. They've taught me. Um, but, you know, being able to find the people that are going to be in your corner, you know, is uh, has been a game changer for me. And uh, and I'm extremely grateful for it. And, and I tell all business owners, you don't know who that's going to be. I mean, um, these five people that, that have ended up helping me, I would have never, never met them, you know, if I hadn't have been doing what I was doing and, and working in business and trying to help people out. Probably met, you know, I've probably met every banker, every attorney in town probably. And, uh, but it's, it's a small handful of people that, that really have, uh, have stepped up and we had a connection with. And I helped them. They tried to help me, and, and it's led to where I am today. And so, so don't do it alone is the message. Yeah, Look no, for a mentor. Yeah, no one does it alone. Anybody yeah. that tells it, yeah, they've done it alone, they're wrong. Um, everybody needs help. So uh, I tell young business owners, hey, don't be afraid to ask for help, um, but go try to help others. You know, um, If you seek out uh, trying to meet people and trying to help them, trying to find a takeaway where – Here's what I do. Here's how I think I can help you. And then follow up and do it, right? Um, they'll try to reciprocate. And um, and so I think that's extremely important. I'm very grateful for the relationships that I have in that regard. And um, definitely I could have never made it to where I am today without that help. Good advice. Stephen Mann, thanks very much. All right. Thank you. Peter Wykenot, senior lender from Heritage Bank, joins us now. And Peter, we're talking about... Um, money. Of course, we're talking to a banker. That only makes sense. But when people are starting a business, they need money. Uh, so when they walk in to see you, what, what kind of preparation is that? I mean, I, you, you are going to require certain things, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that's kind of funny. A lot of people come into the bank and they're not really sure what they need. So kind of the standard response is, uh, I need a line of credit because I'm, you know, I'm not sure how much yeah. money I'm going to need. And that's not really the right approach. Um, you know, the bank wants to know what you're going to use the money for. Are you going to need to buy equipment to start up your business? Are you buying real estate? Um, are you buying buying the business in a whole? So, you know, um, if, you know, if you're buying equipment, buying a truck, you know, yeah, we need a copy of the invoice. If you're buying some real estate, we'll be looking for a copy of the sales contract. Or if you need, if you do need a line of credit because you need working capital, then, you know, we want to see accounts receivable aging. So if I'm going to start a business and I'm not at the point of actually starting it, 
Are you all willing to talk to me because to tell me what I'm going to need as I progress through the process to have a meeting and say, yeah, this is what you need to be thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. Small businesses are bread and butter here at Heritage Bank. Usually the best idea is to meet with a banker. Uh, you know, long term, there's a whole bunch of financial information we're going to need, but it never hurts to have an initial conversation. Whether you own a business or you want to start one, there's inspiration and sound advice from entrepreneurs in your own backyard. I'm Rob Braun, and I'm hosting a new podcast called How You Make It. Throughout my career on television, I own several small businesses, and I'm still at it. I love talking to my fellow entrepreneurs, and I learn something from every conversation. I think you will, too. How You Make It, presented by Heritage Bank, wherever you get your podcasts.